right, welcome everyone once again to the To Be Determined podcast with your host as always, To Be D. Um, and I have another special guest with me for the episode. You know, he covers all things black in New Jersey, you could say. Um, reporter Tennyson Danye. How you doing? What's going on? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty excited to uh, talk about some of this work that you've been doing in the state. Um, let's talk about, well, first to get into things, how we start off the podcast as always is we start off with two questions. And the first question we always ask is, what did you want to do or what did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh, see, that's the wrong, you, you're asking the wrong person that question. Because <laughs> I probably, you know, I wanted to be everything. Um, I think I always knew I wanted to be an artist, though. Um, and it's funny, the things that some of my family members remember, um, you know, I have, I talked to my grandmother a lot, uh, and, you know, she was very integral in my childhood and she, she still has a lot of the things I made as a kid, like six, seven, eight, nine. Um, you know, she, she sent me a text one day, uh, with a, a picture of, uh, a newspaper that I wrote for, my fourth grade class a few times. Um, and, you know, I just, I just always was passionate about uh, documenting things as well. Um, so I guess you could say journalism, I ended up in the right field and, and I kind of have been, um, you know, destined in a lot of ways, but I've, the, the, the seeds were definitely there when I was a kid. So but but it's hard to pinpoint the one thing I wanted to be like I I wanted to to write I wanted to you know I thought I was going to be Spike Lee you know mm -hmm. directing movies um you know I wanted to act but I realized that I was bad at it <laughs> um music uh you know now even at this point I'm like when I grow up I want to be an astronaut like that's one thing like I would love to ex would have loved to explore more as a kid if, if we had the opportunities in STEM and stuff like that where I grew up, which is I actually grew up in D.C., southeast D.C., um, which is not unlike a lot of cities in Newark, Camden um, or cities in New Jersey. My bad. Camden, Newark, Patterson, Jersey City, mm -hmm. um, Brunswick, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's <laughs> I took you on a on a goose chase to get to your one answer. But, uh, those are, those are some of the things that I wanted to be. I thought I wanted to be a football player. I, thought I was going to make it to the NFL. Um, I was like 120 pounds. Uh, I wanted to be a, a wrestler. I want to play, be a guitar player, you know, and it's, and, and the thing I've learned in life is you can be all of those things. You know, it doesn't have to be your profession that makes your money. Um, you can, you can, do all those things on the side. That's very true. That's a that's one of the things I'm starting to learn over time is that, you know, we're taught so much to invest into our career and what's going to make us money and what we're going to do for the rest of our lives, but the reality is we're going to do so many things for the rest of our lives and it's like your hobbies, the stuff you enjoy doing that all makes up part of your identity. So you're not just the person who clocks into this office you're also when you come home and spend time with your family you're also the person who goes out for runs and um plays sports and does all these things and plays music and all all the things that you do in your life are what you are and we are so much more than just the paycheck that we get is at least exactly. what i've been learning facts facts um there's a show that used to be on Netflix and um, it was on ABC originally. I think it was 1999, 2000 uh, freaks and geeks only had one season. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen it? Uh, yeah. I've seen a couple episodes. I haven't seen it all the way through though. Yeah. That was, that was a show that was um, integral for me in a lot of ways coming of age. Um, not that I was thinking of it too deeply um, back then, but there's a scene where the main character's dad, you know, begs the question, does, the type of person you are determine the type of work you do, or is the type of work you do determine the type of person you are? Mm. And, um, you know, I, I tend to think it's 
you know, I am what I do, but, you know, I, I'm at a point where I want my values to align with the work I'm doing in, in every way possible. Um, you know, because we get stuck sometimes in the capitalistic hamster wheel. Um, and, and sometimes you can get tunnel vision and, and uh, especially in journalism. Um, I know that I personally have um, felt in hindsight that the work that I'm doing sometimes uh, is extractive, right? Um, so I show up to a story, you know, in the field. Let's say, you know, let's say that there's a murder or something. And, you know, there were times where, you know, you're taught, to you know try and get the the grieving family on a day of Mm. Uh, and i'm not talking about one specific place here i'm just talking about in general um but more specifically when i was working in television news um where the image at times felt like it was more important than the reality um or the news uh and i you know you're trying to to get the best story and to get eyeballs on a show and ratings right and and you know, if you don't have the right support, um, the right guidance, the right mentorship, if you don't find that yourself, um, it's easy to, to get lost in, in trying to advance in your career because, like you said, we're taught, conditioned in a lot of ways to uh, what we do for a living and how we make our money is what truly defines us. And um, I have a new I have a new definition of of success at this point. How do you see success at this point? Is do it any way you want it. Period. And and you know I I would say peace for me became not worrying so much about what everybody thinks about me, and I don't mean not worrying about what anybody thinks. You know because. There are moments when I can be hyper rational, I think, and sometimes that means my emotional hat, my empathy hat, um, my relations um, can be. So, you know, for me, I'm trying to get to a point where I can do my own thing and try my best not to hurt other people intentionally, right? And someone else can do something totally different that looks totally different from the way my life is set up. But they aren't really hurting anybody, you know, um, intentionally at least, but you know, this thing, you don't really know, you never really know everything about someone. So, um, you never know what they're going through. Right. So I think everybody should be able to define the variables of success. Um, you know, the way that they, they choose to. And not the ways that we've been taught to, see our success because we're on our own journeys well pink floyd said we don't need no education we don't need no mind control Mm. and uh you know they were seen as hippie stoners uh but you know it's it's we live in a world where you know we have to be taught things as children don't get me wrong but you know uh what's the end goal and and how do you learn to think for and, and how to think you know, and, and how to think for yourself, not just what to think. Right, right. Um, you kind of managed to answer both the first two questions with the first one, but um, I'll give you the chance to properly address it. Um, so the second question Appreciate is that. always, what is it that you do now? So we know that you're a reporter, but what is what is it that you try to put into all your work, and what is the the story that you're always trying to portray? Oh, the truth more than anything. Um, and sometimes how many journalists like that these days? Well, you know, I can't speak for other people, but I can say for me, um, I chase, I think my entire life has been this journey of just chasing the truth and chasing knowledge. Um, and I just want to put that in the forefront of, of our community. Um, you know, knowledge is power. I know that's cliche, but, um, you know, getting to the source of knowledge is, is really key. 
And once I was able to, to do that in my life, I started to, you know, find my place. And so, um, you know, I work for public radio station in Philly and I'm a state house news reporter and it's a, and I also contribute to the web. Um, that's opened up a lot of doors for me because the company that I work for, it's a nonprofit and it's super involved in the community. Um, like super involved in, and even trying to give access to, to kids who grew up in places like me, you know, where I know what it's like to have all, you know, the schools where I grew up defunded essentially and losing extracurriculars and losing, you know, things that will help sustain people during tough times, you know, that outlet for kids. Um, and not just that, um, giving them a sense of, of, of importance and value. You know, we all want to feel seen and heard and loved and respected, valued. Um, so that's what I try to bring into my work now is just recognizing that everybody has a story, you know, whether they are the, the you know, the lady on the corner who um, is seen like as the neighborhood mom and she has everybody's birth certificates and, and all the, 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 the block records, you know, and they come in and they might get candy and come see how she's doing. You know, she may not have a billion dollars. Uh, you know, she might not have a title at a, at a corporation or, or, um, you know, in the government or something like that, but she's impacting change in her small way. And at the end of the day, we're all one. You know, we all, we need each other as much as we, and as much as I, at times, try to rely on myself so much um, and not rely on anybody else. Uh, you know, we, we need each other. And so part of what I want to do is give back. Um, I want to give back to communities that help me find my way. So places like Camden and Newark and Jersey City. Um, the real Jersey City, Patterson, Jersey City. the real Jersey City, because I grew up in D.C. So what's happening in Jersey City right now <laughs> happened when I was a child. And it's still happening. You know, I go back home. I don't even really enjoy going out because it's changed so much. And change is, is not necessarily bad, but it's just seeing how much the culture has just evaporated. Or at least, in my eyes, being somebody who's left and now is coming back. It, it's unrecognizable. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, it's it's just interesting because it's get, that gave me perspective. So when I came to New Jersey and I'm starting to see these things happen from an adult lens and it's actually impacting me as well because that's, that's the one thing that I want to, like, address in journalism is that, like, we we live we're taught to live this life of i don't have an opinion i don't have a voice i'm a fly on the wall this existence is is not just is not for me you know i'm here to just document i have no stake in the game and that's farcical mm. you know at the end of the day everybody in this on this planet is do is surviving first period that is encoded in our dna so, you know, you can't, you can't just say you're turning off your, your hat because it's very hard to do. How do you think like someone else? Mm -hmm. And when you do See that, what I'm saying? yeah, when you do that, when you say you're turning off your hat, you only allow the current structures at play to continue without being questioned because your perspective has now turned into, you know, I'm just saying things how they are the way that they are and not questioning why they're that way and not questioning how they've gotten to that point. Sure. I think everybody has bias and that's generally accepted, but you know, I just, I, I struggle with this notion that you can just, turn it off because you're reporting on something um and 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 thinking that 
your rationale for how you even go about telling the story, whether that's the questions that you prepare, whether that's the research that you do, whether it's the, the thing that you single out as, as what's the highlight, the headline. Um, that's all subjective. And, you know, when you work for someone else, you don't have the final say a lot of times into what actually goes up. You, you, can, you can say, hey, you know, this isn't what I meant if, if edits are made and, and, it, and it changes things. But at the end of the day, you, you aren't the one hitting publish. And I, I don't think most people realize that um, is, you know, that that is that can be it can be daunting at times because for me, um, you know, my name is on it. You see me, you see my face, you hear my voice. Mm -hmm. And so what Black and Jersey allows me to do is at least write and curate and, and um, create content with my voice in mind, knowing that no matter what company you work for, on some level, you're doing that anyways for somebody else's. Like you're, you're changing your voice to fit. You're changing who you are to fit um the status quo really um in a lot of ways um you know but i have had success with having conversations with people um and and even if they don't agree with me you know we come to an understanding that i think like a functioning human because I, I sometimes i think that um my passion can scare people into thinking that I haven't thought things through and it's like, no, I've thought about it a hundred different ways, including the way that you are thinking about it. And I still came to my conclusion mm. and, and it's disrespectful. Sometimes I think to when we dismiss people's passion, even if, even if, you know, you might have a different perspective and see things differently and think that they should do something a different way. Um, and that's that's why, like I said, I think everyone has a story. Um, I'll never forget. I, I had interviewed a woman. Um, she she was like the longest serving employee um, where she was working. And, um, you know, at the end of the, the conversation, she said to me, you know, I can tell you have a loving heart. I can just hear it in your voice because when you talk to people, you just talk to them like they're people. And that really, it really touched me because as someone who has, has gone through incidents or had stories where, you know, I've looked back and I'm like, shit, why did I do that? Can I say that? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay, my bad. Uh, you know, it's like, why was I so... You know, there have been times where, you know, someone will die and I've reached out, you know, you, you almost become a professional stalker in this business. They don't tell you that um, if you if you get lost in it. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, I remember people being like, you don't care about this person. You just care about the story that you're doing. I don't want to talk to you. And at the time, it's like what? No, I care. That's why I'm doing it. We're, you know, and, and looking back at it, I'm like, you know, I did care. I did, but can't you see that even sometimes your passion can, can give you that tunnel vision. Right. Um, and not see other people's feelings. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've had, I've had incidents like that, you know, I, there, there are times where, you know, family members have, have reached out to me um, after the death, you know, after someone was killed or something terrible happened. And, you know, just talking to them and, and them also. But sometimes people would say your stories were compassionate, even though so-and-so did something terrible. I'm, I'm in their family and everyone else's story. Um, I know they did something horrible. You know, but a lot of times it's mental health. And, uh, uh, you know, as people know, a lot of people know, like I, I, 
I've been candid about what I deal with in a lot of ways. Um, and so I can, in a lot of ways, understand um, why people can ra rationalize certain things. And I don't mean that in a sense that I'm enabling it or condoning it. I'm just saying that in the, in the sense that at least I can see humanity in people, you know, and it, it's tough because you do see how terrible uh, the world can be. You meet a lot of people on their worst days, but you also meet a lot of people on their best days. And those are the days that make it feel worthwhile, too. Mm. Is that making sense? Did I answer your question? No, that is that is making sense. Um, you kind of went into um, all that, you know, what you're trying to do with your reporting um, shapes up to be. And so I guess I would kind of ask you with um, now that you have this platform that you've built for yourself, um, Black in Jersey, um, telling these stories, um, having that, you know, that nuanced take with the media, understanding that, you know, bias is something that's real in all of us. Um, and coming with that perspective, that black perspective, how has that changed? How do you feel as though that's changed your reporting from the earlier days in your career where you didn't have that perspective or where you felt as though you weren't able to um, push that to the forefront? Sure. Um, so where I work now, um, we we say all the time that we we see um, we see our role in the media and and our platform as a collaboration with the community. So you know we've done a bunch of uh, events where we go straight up to people. You know we invite people from the community and and reporters and you know, people talk about the state of media, the things they like, the things they don't like, you know, why do reporters do this? Why do y'all do that? We, you know, and, and, and a lot of times people are fired up, but it's necessary for change. You know, nothing will change if, if uh, things remain the same and stagnant. And if we drown out what people might call noise sometimes is actually, um, you know, the seeds of change and, and it, it becomes louder and louder and more vociferous, the more you feel ignored. So, you know, I, I see what I'm doing now. I, I've kind of adopted that philosophy of, of this is a collaboration in the sense of, you know, I'm independent and, you know, I think for myself and, um, you know, I try to get to the truth of, uh, and the root of, of matters, but at the same time, um, you know, other people's voices are just as important as, as the, you know, the community's voice. This is essentially what we say we are, you know, we're the community's voice. And, and sometimes a lot of people don't feel that way when they see, when they see the news sometimes. So I'm just trying to, to, to really be part of, of part of, uh, you know, the community. I guess is, is the best way to put that. And so um, what I plan and intend to do and I'm working on right now is actually trying to get some people in here to help, um, you know, but also uh, to train people who may not have the opportunity to go to college or who went to college and, and studied something else. And now they realize they want to go into journalism because of their life experiences have brought them to this point and the barriers to entry for, for, for black people. Um, it's actually, it, there's kind of like a, a double, a double edged sword. Cause it's like, I remember being in college and being, you know, one of the few black dudes in the journalism. Uh, I, w I wasn't a journalism major, but I did a bunch of volunteer stuff. So like on our productions and stuff, 
um, you would hear a lot, but also during internships, you would hear, oh, you know, you're going to, you'll, you'll be fine. Like you, you can write, uh, you know, you got personality and, and, and news outlets are looking, always looking for black men, you know? So you, in a way you're like, okay, like you, you know, but, but what do I have to do to change? You know, I've been told to cut my hair. You know, I remember a news director told me after he saw my reel, this is like a few weeks before I graduated from college that um, he was like, you got it, kid. You got it. And I don't normally um, I don't normally say that for people right out of school. Um, that's what they said. And then and then it devolved into but and you don't want to mm. hear this. Your look, your style, your hair is not going to fly in my market. And this was um, this was out in PA. Uh, you know, it was it was a wake up call for me, you know, um, and, and I remember him being like the he blamed it on his audience. So he was like, our audience is old and white and they like a conservative look and I wouldn't be able to sell your look to my news director. And I remember telling a few of my friends and I had a few friends, like everyone was like, you know, oh, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Mm -hmm. But most people were like, well, you know, it's the business because, you know, we do it to women too. It's like, you know, you want to be on the air, you got to look this way, you got to do that. I, you know, I've heard stories about that, you know, and it's like this industry, the, the television news industry, like I said, the image sometimes is, is feels the weight of the image feels greater than the substance. Um, so I remember the next day I went and I got my hair cut and um, I proceeded as, as, as as normal you know i said you know sometimes you got to grow up i think that's how i rationalized it um and you know uh i got to a point where once i saw the industry for what it really was um and also struggled in the sense of you know your early jobs you don't really make a lot of money you know i mean you really just being a reporter isn't enough a lot of times, even even when you progress in terms of, of financial security and stability. Um, but I remember actively starting to defy um, aesthetic norms the more I, I, I rose up. And I finally got to a point where I locked my hair um, because I remember that moment where I was told I wouldn't be able to survive and thrive in this industry looking the way I do, which is my natural state. Um, and that stuck and with you. What's that? And that stuck with you. It did. It did. It still sticks. It's, you know, I'm still reminded of it to this day. You know, I brought it up. Uh, but, but that's what I'm trying to create now is, is something that defies you know, what we're told to be, to, to, to be respected. You see what I'm saying? Um, respectability po uh, politics. We don't talk about it enough. I don't think most people even know what it is, or at least know the term. They may know what it is. Um, but, you know, I've dealt with microaggressions in the sense of, especially, like I said, in television news where, you know, I've wanted to, I wanted to not do something, you know, I didn't want to, you know, pry and, and poke and prod people, but you're being told, you know, you need to, if you want to make it in this business, I had a, I had someone uh, tell me I'm too nice. I had someone tell me um, that if I ever wanted to make it in that industry, I needed to get an agent because, you know, I'm too nice. And what do you do when somebody tells you you're too nice? Well, if you aren't securing yourself, maybe you overcompensate. 
in, in whatever form that takes. And so for me to get as lost as I did in that industry, um, lost myself, even, even in the face of de- defiance or, or even, even when I was, was defying or in my mind, you know, challenging norms just by being myself, how much of your identity then becomes your struggle and your fight. And so, you know, now I'm at more of a place where, you know, I've, I've been moving on from the past, uh, because I've, I've sat and I've dealt with, with myself at this point and, and, you know, um, getting lost, like I said, and finding myself, what feels like finding myself again, but in some ways finding myself for the first time too. Um, so I just want to create a platform where people can feel like they, um, are being themselves and, and that my, my values shine through. Um, I want to be able to be a platform for other people who are doing the same thing. You know, people like you, who you have an idea. This is a great idea is much needed. And I see you, you put in the work and I'm sure there are times when it feels like nobody's listening. I still feel like that, you know, (laughs) but that's why I want to use what I have to create spaces for people like you, um, for, for a lot of the people that I've met who are out here, um, hustling, grinding, um, you know, because they believe their dreams are just as important as anybody else's. But also their 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 hope for a better future and their ideas that can change the world. Their genius. I think we have a lot of untapped geniuses in the black community um, because we've been stripped of of who we were in this country, and then essentially tossed out on the street. Mm. You know what I mean, and. And especially you can no, go ahead. I was going to say, especially um, as you were saying a little bit earlier, when you talk about respectability politics, it's almost as if the genius or what we may have to bring to the table that we come forth with um, is whittled away because we have to try and fit it into what's respectable, what's accepted, um, what the powers that be may want it to look like. Um, Mm -hmm. in the same ways that we have never been those powers of that be. So we have never decided, you know, from our perspective, from the people that these stories are about, from people from vulnerable communities, minorities, anything like that, we've never been able to say, this is what we accept. This is what's respectable to us. We've never been the heads of the tables. So when it comes to, oh, that's not respectable, that's not what, that's not what, our audience wants it's like what audience are you putting this out for if these stories are about us and they're about these communities why is it why does it have to be filtered in a way that someone who's not of this community um can ingest it and who's to say what's the preferred way yep and and one day you wake up and realize your power and but first you have to strip away the facade you know, we were taught to be victims or, or you know, it's almost like Stockholm Syndrome where you know what was done in this country. It was inhumane. And we were sold off by our own people. You see? And I had to realize that fact, too. And because, you know, there are times where I've, I've stood alone, it felt like, for fighting for us and people not understanding, um, I guess, what I'm trying to do. And and that's just to to get some accurate portrayals out here, you know, the truth, and not, not to have us having to hold our words all the time or have our, our, our words edited 
or or you know somebody deciding which part of 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 what i said was the most important for that fits the story they're telling mm. you know we we lately i've learned for a fact at this point that um you know we we have the power inside of us at least i do <laughs> you know i can speak for myself it, it it's just a matter of getting back to who we were before we were enslaved not just the practice of 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 chattel slavery i mean slave slavery in your mind mm. and that that can happen to anyone regardless of race but again for us to to go through what we went through and then on top of that the the forces that we have to go up against you know you feel powerless at times because you may not have the weapons that they have and i say weapons generically i'm just talking about the function um but you still have the power and the capability um and i want to i want to help us unlock our capabilities really unlock our minds uh, in, in new ways so that we can come up with solutions um i believe in solutions based journalism so the idea that the stories that you're telling um I, you know i think all news folks would would subscribe to that thought even if they don't outright say it you know in some ways the work that you're doing is affecting the outside world um you know but sometimes we can we can take the hat off or or want to take the hat off and say well no i'm just putting stuff out there i you know cuz cuz people do have to choose to change that's something i've definitely learned in my life is people can't really comprehend what they can't comprehend and you know it's as 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 angry as you can get as angry as i can get um things have changed over time and that's i had to i had to start sitting down and listening to my elders a little bit more and understanding that you know my grandmother once said to me this was around the time when George Floyd George Floyd and, and Breonna Taylor uh were fresh um uh, and she said it seems like the only things y'all remember your generation remembers from back in my day back in the day are the bad things and i didn't really understand what she meant when she was saying that when she said that initially but just over time i thought about that and the more we talked i thought about it she, and so i started asking her about culture and life the good things that they had in the face of the struggle which it was harder for them in a lot of ways you know we still go through a lot of the same things on the fundamental level but you know i've had stories where she's told me she was in alabama for example and and she was in the military and she had you know white folks that she served with and and when they were out at restaurants they would serve her friends but not her mm. you know so for somebody who's gone through that to say you know look we've been fighting and we've been fighting and we've been fighting and we've been fighting don't let it consume you to the point where you lose yourself because once you do that is very hard to to get back you got to fight for it back um and and life is about choices to the extent that we know you know um there are our physicists who do experiments all the time do research all the time and and you know try to try to figure out if if free will is is can be explained scientifically and um you know i don't know all the science i'm not going to pretend i'm an expert but i do i do read a lot of scientific um a lot of scientific research and news 
and, and so that's a that's a rabbit hole <laughs> right right is 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 you know i think most scientists would agree we do have free will but you know science is science is it, philosophy is until we can prove it is it true mm-hmm. or if, until we can prove it on a fundamental physical level um and and you know we with space we've added a whole new dimension to what we know and we aren't even i mean we aren't even at the we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg i think with space like we don't really have a clue i mean there are a lot of people who i think intuitively uh do understand the greater picture but in terms of it materializing um you know that's something you just have to wait to see and to prove over time and we're definitely headed that direction and you see all these billionaires flying around and i just want to you know i understand the importance of of at least understanding what's out there and i want us to also be on the forefront of that as well um you got the metaverse which is 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 shaping up to be something that will revolutionize the world um and the way that we treat money even and uh you know when we had the dot com b- bubble when that blew up when when the internet blew up initially black people were kind of left out and this is just from conversations i've had with people who work in stem and it, money isn't everything but it it you need it at least <laughs> right now in this world right. and you need it to create opportunities for other people for your family for for your community um and there's money in stem so much money in stem and it's it's almost like what i was saying working in the the tv news industry where it's like oh you know we need black men we need especially black women are are underrepresented in stem and so they're they're always looking for people and and you go i've heard people say they've gone through similar things where you, you you know you realize you're the token sometimes but it's the game you get to play you get to decide what hill you want to die on which battles you want to fight and um i just say all that to say i definitely want to get more into incorporate more science and tech into my coverage and i've met some people recently just you know not with the idea or intent or even under, knowing that they they have similar interests until we've had a conversation and you know there are spaces already that's another thing like there are spaces already so i don't want to come in here as this colonizer you know from out of state and be like i'm setting up this new thing and it's going to be the shit and and i'm I, you know i was in the industry i've made it to the top in my in, in, in a lot of people's eyes um i made it pretty far at least um now here i am come come buy my stuff uh no i i, I want to use what's already out there so i want to create partnerships with um organizations that are already doing stuff like this you have uh you know places like the newark story collaborative which is really cool because it it they train people from the community who want to learn how to be journalists and storytellers um in different mediums and um they have classes they do it through workshops and seminars and i've i've been able to actually teach a couple of those and it's so rewarding it's so rewarding to be able to not just for the sake of saying look i'm doing something for people but just knowing that there's life outside of of what we're taught the corporate structure there's life outside of it and there's there's sustainability outside of it more importantly mm that's a um that's a real task that you've um set up for yourself and your platform and it's it's those are attainable goals that you've laid out for yourself it's it's something that could really change the landscape um of media locally and generally just how we view media so um i i'm happy that you've gotten to that journey or gotten to that point in your journey where you've understood um who you are and who you want yourself to be and it's it's exciting to see all that can come out of 
what is black in Jersey? Thank you. Thank you. Um, the journey to self-actualization. That's what I, what I call it and what many call it. Um, we got to work together in a lot of ways. And I think, um, you know, you always hear, at least me growing up, it takes a village. I grew up in a very communal lifestyle in the sense of, you know, I lived at home and had my family, but, you know, being part of a church and a black church is a very um, unique experience. And then you have all the different sects. So are you Baptist? Are you, are you Presbyterian? Are you Kojic? You know, are you Pentecostal? And then you grow up and realize whether it's within Christianity or other religions, a lot of people, especially indigenous religions, um, believe in the same thing. And it's, it's, is that God is in you and God is in the world. That's my belief at least. And, um, that's another thing too. Like my journey to self wouldn't be complete without me acknowledging that fully and not just acknowledging that understanding and feeling it quite literally. Um, and that's what, that's what gets me up in the morning is, is trying to follow the path that I feel like I'm being led on while, um, you know, finding ways to be my true self at all times, mm. you know, and, and sometimes that means, or at least what I feel in the moment is, uh, you know, there are times where it feels like you have to wear a mask or you're wearing a mask. Um, you know, I mean, we, like I said, survival is number one. And, you know, sometimes you can't let everybody in. Not because of who they are as a person, but because they may unconsciously be trying to sabotage you or don't believe in you to begin with, but other people do. And you see what I'm saying? And the hive mind can be, uh, it can consume. You know, can you ever really get away from it? Well, I don't know the science on that. Uh, but, you know, that's another thing you deal with is is because I, I, I can be very withdrawn sometimes. Um, people, I think most people think I'm an extrovert because I'm social, um, but I'm really an introvert. And it took me a long time to even learn how to communicate with people. Like I think up until I was an adult and I'm still, I'm still learning that. Mm. And one thing I hear a lot of times is that journalists are some of the worst communicators. I hear that from like, I've heard that from my, my bosses, uh, my editors and things. And it's true. And some, I, you know, I'm not trying to cast a wide net and make it a stereotype. I think people in general um, can be bad communicators. Um, it's, it's just like anything else. You got to practice. You know, there are people in my life that treat me like, you know, they see what I do sometimes. They see my career. They see my belief in myself and they treat me like I'm this magical Negro. You know, when I'm like, you can do it, too. They're like, no, I can't do that. I, I don't I can't just get up and I'm like, I can't just get up and do it either. I practice. I thought about it. I researched. I studied, you know. Um. And, and not being able to communicate properly sometimes with, with not just your, I was always good at writing. Um, speaking is, is what I'm trying to get a lot better at. And radio has really helped me realize that number one, and then find the tools because it's not just about being confident. It's about breath control. It's about, um, a lot of different things. So, uh, I just say a lot to say, um, you know, I'm at a place where you realize that, okay, if we're bad communicators, how are we communicating to the public? And what do they think about how we're communicating? Well, they've been trying to tell us for a long time. 
<laughs> I, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I think it's like close to 60 something percent of people don't have a favorable view of the media. And that can kind of be eschewed. You know, it can be it can be brushed off in the industry like, oh, people are stupid. You know, there have been times where I'm like, I want to use a bigger word or I want to go into the nuts and bolts, the weeds of something that I feel needs explaining. And it's you're told, you know, most people only have a blah, 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 reading grade reading level. So you got to dumb it down. And, you know, for me. I understand that, you know, you want to meet people where they are, but what about nuance and what about, um, you know, why, why do we have to look at people like they're stupid? Mm. You know, like just because they don't have the degrees or the lexicon or, or the status symbols. And when, um, when you say stuff like, Oh no, you can't put it like that. You have to dumb it down. Um, what do you, saying about and, and no and no one's really saying dumb it down no one's saying those words but right in my mind that's what i you know that's what i'm feeling in that moment right but when you even just when you think about it not necessarily dumb it down but no you have to put it in a way they can understand it's like mm -hmm. what are you saying one about the people that you want to build community with or what are you saying mm -hmm. about the people that you want to speak to and also, what are you saying about yourself as someone who considers himself to be the one that's giving this information? If what you're saying is we have to change it so they can understand us, how are you thinking of yourself in that way? Yeah, well, the question is, are you even trying to build community with the people? Or are you building a business? Because if you're building a business, that's fine. But say that. Right. Don't have the taglines of the news that the people can trust and all that types of stuff. Make they it want plain you to do promos, uh, you know, especially when I was in TV, um, you know, they want you to do promos and go up and be like, I love you all my, you know, just some 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 cheesy shit to put it bluntly. You know, we're here for you. We're blah, blah. And it's like. Well, really? do people think that are we really, especially when, you know, what I something that I realized over the course of, of my career in television, which I don't really like talking about. But, so for me to even be talking about this right now is, is for me um, a way to, to confront it. Uh, but from in hindsight, when I look at my career, you know, in college, you're taught, well, you start out, you got to go somewhere small, go, you know, go to a small town and go make your mistakes so that you can make it to the big time if you want, because you got to be polished. You got to be a well-oiled machine to make it that far. And you, you go with the intentions, really. I think, I think people in this industry, so I, I want to I should have prefaced with this. I think people do go in with good intentions, especially journalists like out in the field. Um, but like I said, you can get lost, especially like there's an element of fame to television news that might sound silly to the everyday person, but you know, there, there's definitely a validation factor of being seen by that many people. Um, it feels like you have value. Um, but, but I digress. You go into these places. They say, go to these small towns and make your mistakes. And it's like, why, why, why are they worthy, not worthy of my perfection? If you're saying New York City is worthy of that, you know, Philadelphia mm -hmm. is worthy of that. You know, these people have needs too, and sometimes more pressing needs. And so what happens is you, it's a lot of people from out of town, out of state, from across the world come to work at these small stations. And... You know, I, I always found my people, no matter where I lived. I lived in Maine, California, uh, and, you know, I found people, and, and I, I went where people went. I'll put it that way, like where locals went. I wanted to be around the, the culture for real, because that's how you really know. Otherwise, you're a tourist, essentially, and you're colonial in the sense that you're coming in from this other place 
thinking you know what's best for somebody else because you are a journalist and you and you know you're going to go on the news and tell people what they what they need to hear in your opinion mm-hmm. or in the opinion of your 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 boss your the company you work for um in that image um and and then you leave after a year or two or three five whatever you leave because that was always the goal was to come and and do what you need to do extract do some and training I'm saying extract generically with no connotations um and then go and, and and you know how many times have you seen a reporter um you know especially in a small place like that they'll 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 be covering like a, a, a you know it could be a big court case about you know police brutality or there could have been a, a, a terrible tragedy um and and you see their photo on instagram or facebook or twitter and it's like oh you know I'm just so happy to be here. I can't believe I got the, you know, it's like, look at me. I'm, you know, I just, I just had to report on this terrible thing, but I look good. Hmm. Like this photo. I know I'm gonna probably ruffle some feathers with that, but that's what I felt I was doing after a while. And, and just conversations I've had with people who, are honest with me because that's the thing in this industry there's a lot of in any industry in this world you got to be careful about being in company with just yes men and women yes people uh because they'll tell you you know this is what you need to do to be successful but you know you just got to be careful people who who and, and people who are afraid period people who have fear so great that they are startled and offended by your your defiance and your bravery your belief in yourself yeah, your belief in god and, and, and a greater good of what um you keep around you for sure yeah um but we're gonna take a little break on the podcast but uh okay we'll be right back at it with tennyson Donier. What is it, I guess, all of that being understood, what is, where do you see the full trajectory of uh, Black and New Jersey from here, Black and Jersey, the brand? Um, do you do you plan on, you know, building it through Instagram as you have already and into a media site, into more video work, audio work, um, expanding past New Jersey? What are the full scopes and sights that you see with this yeah it's funny um people always ask me like you know or say this could be something bigger than new jersey i'm like i can barely wrap my head around (laughs) you know a few parts of new jersey right now let alone the whole state let alone you want to talk about somewhere else um but i so i'm working on fully launching a website i do have the website up blackandjersey.com with the landing page with a few of the stories and things that i've worked on um, that's really for me to see troubleshoot. I realized that in order for me to figure this thing out, I need to at least have content and to be working on this thing. And I'm not so afraid at this point of of people seeing the early stages of something because, you know, most people, the goal is at least you know when as this progresses most people aren't even gonna see or know about the early stages or what that even looked like unless they you know beat me and we talk about it um so that's that's where i'm at right now i I was in a cohort for 100 days at cuny newmark school of journalism up in new york city um it was an online cohort with people from around the world and it was very eye-opening people who it's called the entrepreneurial uh, journalism creators program and it's for people who wanted to start their own their own alternative news sites and podcasts and things and it it was an opportunity that in a lot of ways found me um i mean i had to do the work but um it was it was right on time and even when I, there were times when I thought that um, 
you know, this, this might not work out. I'm in over my head. Why do, why do I have, you know, why do I want to, why am I crazy enough to think I can change the world and change the news industry, the local news industry? Um, and then I meet people who are doing this because they have no other choice. People in Poland, Zimbabwe, um, Brazil, Germany. And we know what's going on in Europe right now mm-hmm. I, and, and in Africa and a lot of other places. I mean, we know what's going on here in our streets, too. But you realize you're part of this global community of people who are trying to who believe in themselves enough, even when others don't believe in them. Or, or sometimes it's not even about not believing you as much as others don't support you in the way that you hope. And there are definitely times like that. And, and I feel that way um, sometimes, but I try not to take it personally because this is, you know, getting back to your question. Um, I see this growing into, um, you know, black and Jersey being a hub for black news and black culture. So I want to be bringing in content creators, um, journalists uh, who already have their own platforms. How can I, how can we do some cross um, support for um, each other's brands, each other's work. Um, I want to start a, a program like the Newark Story Collaborative where, um, you know, I, I, I teach college students and I teach people in the community who don't have access to the higher education of, of learning how to tell their own stories, how to, how to do this and, and, and the ethics part um, and the storytelling part. And, and the, just the experience part, one thing about working in the state house as a state house reporter has taught me is, you know, like I said before, that the power that you have in your voice and asking questions, I don't know if most people know how the government works, let alone that you can go up to your, your representative or your Senator and ask them any question you want at a, at a public hearing or, um, at a voting session. And you can do that without having the title of a journalist. But when you have a mic or, or a camera, you know, it, it makes it a little bit more real. And, and so, but, uh, you know, somebody's got to ask the hard questions. And I want to get us to a place where we don't have that imposter syndrome and, and we're just happy to be in the room. So we just, you know, we, we aren't acting as agents of, of our community. You know, I, and, and, and I think if you aren't from where you're, you're reporting on, you can get lost in, in extracting and, 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 but also feeling, feeling like, wow, like I've made it. And, and, and you don't have that set of eyes that someone who um, is from here and loves being here and wants to be here for life, you know, like that's the place I'm at where I I love New Jersey so much that I'm not thinking about trying to go anywhere else. So when people are like, uh, this can be somewhere, you know, this can blow up and become a, a, I don't want to run a fortune 500 company. I don't. And maybe that'll change in the future, but I never want to lose my connection to the ground. Um, you know, I, I want to be in the community. And so when you're reading the, these articles or watching the content or listening to the podcast, I want people to hear themselves. That is, that is, and it doesn't matter what the topic is. It can be, you know, I want to be able to show the complexities of our existence as black people. Cause a lot of times when you, when you hear other places that aren't tailored to, to, to black people, or, uh, you know, that aren't created by us, you'll hear, you know, you feel like the coverage is like black is put in this box. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, let's take, let's unravel all of this. Let me show you that you can be, that, you know, that black people have their, their subcultures within black culture. And, and, and there's levels to this shit. And, and, I think everyone's voice is valid, even when I don't agree. Sometimes it's just a matter of knowing not to settle for and, and, and understanding that my voice is also just as critical. Let's bring that to the community.
I think that's a great jumping off point. And, um, you know, allowing the work that you do with Black in Jersey as things are now, as things will be in the future, allowing it to evolve with you and with the people and the stories that you're telling, I think is, I think is a, a difficult task, but um, I think we'll see it come to fruition over time. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think that, that, you know, as long as, as, as I, stay true to what I feel like my calling is, um, and, and keep the people first, humanity first, then no matter what I'm succeeding, just by being myself and chasing, chasing life. Mm. Um, but yeah, Tennyson, I want to thank you again for, uh, being here on the podcast with me and, um, listeners who, want to hear more or want to see more about the work that you're doing um like you said they can check out blackinjersey.com as things um evolve going forward is there is there anything else you wanted to give to the people yeah you know if if, if you are a black creator a black writer black journalist and and you may not have a title even if you do um let's talk I, I want to hear more people stories. I want to be able to share more stories. Um, you know, it really gives me perspective and what I'm doing. Word, word. And um, for all you out there listening, don't worry. We got more with Tennyson coming up. You know, 